Come on, Tottenham, stick it in the goal. Come on, Tottenham, the pace are bloody slow. You are the first team, the last team my dreams have ever seen. Put on that lily white and run on to that green. White Hart Lane has seen its pain, it's had its loads of nights. We fought our team through thick and thin and all those glory nights. And when the game is done, we'll sing a song and talk it out all night. Hey! Come on, Tottenham, stick it in the goal. Come on, Tottenham, don't be so bloody slow, you are the first team. Season 7, episode 10 of the Tottenham Family Podcast. Joining me this week, David from Sussex. Good afternoon. And Gilly from Italy. Hello. Hi. Right, we're gonna we're, we're gonna obviously talk about um, the Man City game. Um, we are going to go through your questions. Big news in the world of Tottenham women this week. Um, Bex will um, drop an update later on in the show. And um, but before all of that, we had the sad news. Um, it would have been a week ago, a week today, that um, former Spurs and England goalkeeper Ray Clements um, sadly passed away. Now. Um, I, I, Ray, Ray was somebody who, who played a little bit before, um, before I, before I sort of got interested or was following football. So it's slightly before my time. My, my recollections of, of Ray Clements were as a coach at Spurs. Um, he, he, he then went on to, for for a short period of time, he was on um, a local radio station in London, Capital Gold. Um, they, they did. Uh, Provided coverage of the London-based teams, um, and and then he was at Barnet for a while, and then more, and then after that, I think Glenn Hoddle ran about ninety-seven, brought him into the England setup um, as goalkeeping coach, and he was he was there on, on, on the coaching staff for a very very long time. But I never, I've seen the clips like everybody else, but I, I, I his playing career was a little bit before my interest in football. So if I come to you. First, David, um, thoughts on Ray Clements? Yeah, when I go back and, and remember when he arrived, um, he took over at Liverpool. I think it was Tommy Lawrence, chubby lad, and, and this young um, goalkeeper from Scunthorpe was brought in. Um, he won everything with Liverpool at that time, uh, the domestically, that could be won pretty much, and um, multiple times. Um, and you could only admire him and the team, the whole team. Suddenly, and as I can remember this, suddenly he turns up at Spurs. And I couldn't for the life of me um, work out why. Why did he choose, but why did he leave Liverpool in the first place and why did he come to Spurs? And in fact, it's only my slight investigations recently that I find out that um, he was at Scunthorpe with Keith Birkinshaw, and that was the link. Um, Keith Birkinshaw was the end of his career and uh, um, he was just our 16 year old goalkeeper um, so that was the link but he was hoiked out by Liverpool they were successful with successful sides don't mess about they they upgrade as quick as they can they brought in Bruce Grobelar and we got him at the end of his career didn't seem like necessarily a, a, a great move who knows but he turned out to be a fabulous goalkeeper for us he really did um, my re- my recollections of him uh, they were quite difficult actually I was really trying to think about it I mean I was even I was at the 82 Cup final as well and, and I was trying to remember what he did do and in fact I watched it back and he didn't do very much at all because we d- he didn't need to do much but you could see his influence on the team that was a thing that we had a very young side then um, the likes of Miller, Roberts, Hoddle 
um, the very young lad Mickey Hazard, Gary Brook, all these lads were very they were, they were under 25, very young. So it's only Steve Perriman at 30 and, and um, um, Ray Clements who was uh, I think 33. But he, it was his influence, and I don't think it's any coincidence that we were. I know he'd won the cup in 81, but carried on winning things beyond that. Um, I never remember him yelling at the players. I never liked goalkeepers doing that when they start to pontificate to them all as to what they didn't do um, when they make, especially when they make a good save, as if they'd saved him. Uh, he saved the team and, and the rest of the team had letting him down. I don't like that much, but he didn't. He was always smiley and just talked to the players. I could see him doing it. Um, I, 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 I never met him. Um, we've all heard about um, all the things that he, he's been to, people he's met. Uh, very kind words, as, as much as I've ever heard of any player. Very lot of kind, uh, lots of kind words about him. A, a genuine, generous guy. And they've all said about this um, ability to talk to people and, and inspire people uh, in the game. Uh, and, I, and I think I could see that on the pitch now. Now I look back, it's always a shame when you look back and then realise just how great um, a player they were. And, and you've only say you've only got to look at what five league titles, three, um, well the European Cups, then two UEFA Cups, an FA Cup, and a League Cup. I mean that needs a hefty shelf, doesn't it? Mm. It was also it part. Really it was also part of the the 1984. Um, he didn't play in the final because he was, he was, he was injured and obviously Tony Parks right. famously played but he was he was part of that squad um, when, when we won the UEFA Cup against Anderlecht um, most of the games didn't he I yeah. think up until the semi or something I, I, I think sorry should I come in now sorry yes absolutely I mean obviously I remember him you know growing up at Liverpool and the I mean the truly great Liverpool side and you know it's a fantastic goalkeeper all agile you know great command of his box and everything but I think something just to pick up on something David said about influence I think whenever you listen to Spurs players of that era talk about him talk about his mentality they talk about his organization that he really organized that back um, that back line and that that's where his influence came because you know he was his great great days were probably at Liverpool I think he was 31, 32 when he came to Spurs. But, it, you know, and he started off, I'm sure David will remember, he, he struggled early on, didn't he? There was a drop catching the Charity Shield, uh, dropped um, ball in the Charity Shield that we've scored and Spurs didn't start that season particularly well. But, he, um, you know, that, I mean, that 81, 82 side, in, in my opinion, I mean, I was just a bit, I remember them, but I was a little bit too young to really understand what was going on in the early 70s team. That's still the best one season foot Spurs team I, I, I remember 81-82 and as David said you know him coming in I heard Glenn Hoddle say he was like the final piece of the jigsaw mm. of that up and coming uh, late 70s early 80s side yeah he was a fantastic keeper he was a true a true great goalkeeper in his in his day and like many others say you know it does seem a really really decent bloke as well uh, Gilly, um, how was he perceived in, in Italy? Was it was he much um, revered abroad? Um, I mean, how did he compare, for example, yeah. to, to somebody like Dino Zoff, the great Dino well, Zoff? I, when I used to come on, we used to come on holiday in the summer holidays here for the you know the whole summer holidays um, with my with my parents growing up. Yeah, everyone knew Ray Clements partly because of the great Liverpool side. I mean, they really were feared in Italy, well, as everywhere, and quite rightly so at the time. 
and Clements is, you know, I remember many times because well, we spent most of the summer playing playing football. You know, they all everyone knew the name of uh, the name of Ray Clements, and he was he, and still is really, really highly rated here. You know, people of my I'm in my mid fifties. You know, people of my generation. Well, everyone here who's interested in football will know Ray Clements. Yeah, I mean, he is uh, he's thought of as one of certainly the best of his generation among you know in in any argument of the best of his generation, he would be in there would be mentioned. I saw it on the thing about Zoff. Zoff is a national treasure, you know. It's a bit, you know, that uh, slightly, slightly different uh, than than probably Ray Clement. Zoff is a, you know, as a national treasure, he sort of transcends football in many ways. Great, you know, Zoff. But you know, he's certainly in in that echelon, no no doubt. In my opinion, I don't know what David thinks. Uh, yeah, it, it was a great shame that. When he was around, I mean, he still got 65 caps when they kept swapping the, the yeah. shirts with Peter Shilton. That's right. Um, Peter Shilton was highly revered. I've got a feeling some of that was to do with Brian Clough. Brian Clough brought Shilton in as a last piece of his jigsaw. That worked. He was considered um, uh, that little uh, extra piece that won them European Cups. Um, and therefore, I think he got the, the, the run on... The England shirt partly because of that um, so Clements was really in his shadow but uh, uh, as you say of his generation he really was one of the best goalkeepers he was very athletic yeah um, very athletic yeah Tony I mean, Park says that he was um, Tony and I know Tony Parks played with him and then he got was um, a coach with him I think at, either at Barnet or certainly called him into the England thing so he might be biased but I remember reading or hearing him say that of the two, Clements was the more natural goalkeeper and that Shilton, you know, had to work hard. But for me, I think Ron Greenwood had it right when he was switching them because that you couldn't, it was just a personal taste probably. You really yeah. couldn't, um, you really couldn't uh, separate them. And I think Clements, that Liverpool side, one year they let in 16 in 42 league games. I mean, they were, they really were exceptional. And so he didn't have that much to do, but when he was called upon, you know, in some ways that's harder for a goalkeeper from what I hear than when the shots are raining in at you all the time. And the other thing they say, I mean, he was a sweeper keeper before it was even thought mm. of, you know. And that, that, so he was ahead of his time in, in, in that sense. I don't know which who was better, Shilton or, or Clements. I, I, you, there was nothing between them. So here, here's a question for you both. And I mean, you, you just mentioned um, the word sweeper-keeper. And I know, I know that football um, has evolved. And, and, and uh, for example, now there's a lot of emphasis on not only playing it from the back. Actually, if you go, if we go back, rewind a bit, go back to 1992 and the back pass rule, um, that changed things. Um, it, it, you, you couldn't pick it up. Um, and then, then from there, we've got a situation now where teams are, keepers aren't just having to be able to kick the ball um, when it comes to them, but it, but they're actually looking to to, to start play from 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 the back. So, what was the different game I suppose to, to back then but then a lot of the fundamentals the fundamentals of goalkeeping are still the same you know you you catch the ball you make a save you um, you, you organise your defence that sort of thing so with, with that in mind I think it's, I suppose it's difficult it's maybe it's unfair but how does he compare to particularly English keepers today and I'm and not necessarily his spell at Spurs but 
even before that, Liverpool it, it, and and obviously England. How how does he compare to the, the English keepers that we've got at the moment and maybe the last 10, 20, 30 years? Because I'm always reminded by people of how at that point in time when Clements was playing, um, obviously Shilton, you mentioned, had 125 um, caps and Clements had 60-odd. Um, but it was that... that period we were blessed with really really good um, goalkeepers Joe Corrigan various others um, and perhaps now less so I, I mean, I, I, how, how would he compare in, in, in today's game to, to the goalkeepers that, are, that we've got well, at the moment it's funny because you, you were right Gilly you just picked up just now about um, playing out or, or sweep a keeper that actually defined his game really I, I don't think people spotted it at the time because they hadn't got a reference point now we've got a reference point where pl- the goalkeepers play and I think he could have done that quite comfortably that's why I think his son turned out to be quite a good footballer because I think um, uh, Ray Clements was quite good with his feet and that was the difference with Peter Short I, I wouldn't have rated him coming out he was probably a slightly yeah. better uh, stop sh- uh, shot stopper um, but not as good coming out uh, he was more of a gymnast, um, Peter Shilton, whereas Clements was more of an athlete. So it was all that I, hanging off the um, hanging off the doorway to try and make his arms longer. That's right. Short. He did. <laughs> Do you remember? He, yeah, he did. he said he did, didn't he? You're quite right. But one interesting point is they might look, you know, a, a quite a physical specimen, but they were only he was only six foot. So was Shilton. Yeah. Um, I, I did meet Gordon Banks. He was five foot eleven. He was shorter than me. Wow. And I, and I remember thinking, blimey. You know, how did you, you know, do all that? Today, you know, under six foot three and, and there's a question mark behind your name. So, yeah, that's you know, a good point, these, guys, these, these guys did very well at just six foot. Um, yeah. And they, they he, both he and Short, but they looked imposing figures in the goal. So, but you know, I, I can only speak as I saw him as a goalkeeper. Uh, and, and he was, I thought at the time, one of the best. He might not have been revered as one of the best. He certainly wasn't Dino Zoff or the uh, uh, Khan at Germany around at the time. These were great goalkeepers as well, but he, he competed with them, no doubt. He competed. I, I think he, I think he really was up there. He was good as any anyone of his of his era. personally, I, I think I think that's a really good point. They are huge now, goalkeepers. I mm. remember Martin Chivers saying about they called him Big Chiv. But yeah. he sat. He stood next to Gareth Bale, and he said, he's, "This guy just dwarfed me." So I think I am a nostalgic football-wise, and so for me, you know, Messi is just a, from another planet. But Maradona will always be the greatest player for me because that's sort of my era. I don't think England have had a better goalkeeper than Shilton or Clements ever since. People might say Seaman, but if you're looking at what you were talking about, Javid, about you know the the new the new elements to goalkeepers like with their feet and everything. I doubt whether Seaman would have been as good as Clements. And indeed, Clements started out as an outfield player, you know, into his teens. I think. I think he was. It wasn't it wasn't until his mm. teens that he went in early teens, probably late 11, 12, early teens. He went into goal. So he was he was an out uh, uh, an outfield player. So I think he would probably have been, as David said, would have been better than Shilton, better than Seaman. And all those uh, at that that element of the game. I always thought Shilton was flashier with his saves than Clements. I thought Clements may I don't know because I don't know enough about goalkeeping, but I always thought maybe Clements's positioning was a bit better that he didn't quite need to. Um, if you look at a lot of his great saves, they're vertical in that he's tipping them over the bar, 
the ones that I've seen in the last few mm. days, whereas Shilton's are more full length because he's probably not in as good a position. But I'm just speculating. You know, I can't pretend to be, you know, a, a goalkeeping coach or anything. Uh, I'm, only, he... I'm really little. I, I you know, <laughs> I couldn't. Uh, I wasn't much good in goal. Much to say, he was an uh, uh, excellent um, uh, servant for Spurs. Yeah, and he, yeah, really, and, really, yeah. and he remained with Spurs. He remained more with Spurs than he ever did with Liverpool, even though they revere him and rightly so. But um, he remained with Spurs for years and, and has done for the last few years still with Spurs. Yeah. 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 I mean, I do think he was on. He wasn't as good at Spurs as he was at Liverpool. Then you know he was exceptional at Liverpool. But he was, like David said, he was very, very good for Spurs as a goalkeeper, let alone as a character and a, and a leader. I mean, of Spurs, I think Jennings is always, again, as a nostalgic, you know, Jennings is, will always be the best Spurs goalkeeper yeah. for me. But um, I think in terms of at Spurs, I would put Hugo before Clements. But if you look at Clements's overall career, then I might well put Clements just that mm. bit ahead of Hugo. I think we won't appreciate Hugo in lots of ways until until he's finished. I th- and he's since, I know it's been said before, I'm sure David or, or Jav or someone or all of you said it on the pod this season since project restart he's been fantastic yes he has yeah I agree um yeah now i just just to finish off just what um david just said there a minute ago about um about his affiliation with spurs and you could you'd see him at um oh, at, at the games some um he'd, he'd be seated and seated and booted in in spurs um, Spurs clothing. What's what's the correct terminology I'm looking for? Attire. That's it. Thank you. <laughs> Attire and uh, yeah, that's it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And and I remember when um, when when we had the final game at White Hart Lane. There was a, a ceremony afterwards. He was one of the the legends who 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 came out and and yeah, he's. He played for two big English football clubs, and um, he will be much missed. Right, let's talk a little bit. Let's talk quite a bit about yesterday's match. Um, we're only oh, we're only top yes. of the league, aren't we? Top yeah, of the league yes, again. Um, now you're going to believe us. <laughs> uh, where should we begin? Um, I, yesterday, I thought that um, overall it was a really, really good performance. Really solid. Um, collectively, I think everybody was really, really, really good. Um, so, you know, some players. I think somebody like Bergwijn. I was, I was reading some of the re- reviews. A few people had marked him down. I didn't think he had, you know, a fantastic game, but I thought he he did the job that he had to do. I think he was bought in for a particular reason. Obviously, Bale had played middle of the week, and and you've got Bergwijn's pace. Um, you. You know, we want that in the team um, to give Carl Walker something to, to, to think about. Um, he works hard. He tracked back, um, and yeah, and, and and same with everybody else. I think that collectively the team looked really, really, really solid. And um, I put I scribbled down man of the match in my in my running order notes, but I I couldn't. I'd be hard pushed to, to pick somebody out yesterday. I thought that collectively the team was really good. I thought the midfield was superb. Hoiberg. Once again, um, I've also Soko working hard. Dombele, um, that pass um, to, to, to set Sun up early on. I mean that the way, he, not just the, the pass that, that he put Sun through, but a few times during the game, um, 
Don Bellet just dropping his shoulder and just turning the other way. I just love the way he does that, and he was superb. And that that midfield three, the strikers, the back four, the one person who hardly had to do anything. We've been talking about goalkeepers all day. Was Hugo? Other than very late on, he was tested and and he ma- and he made a good save. Um, it was yeah, it was marks out of ten really um, for the way we set up and. We got the result, and I think I think it, it sends a real sort of signal out there that we we mean business. You know, this was our probably our first tough test against a team that um, are likely to be, you will almost certainly will be in the title mix, and we've come away with three points. So I, I was really really happy. Um, David, thoughts on yesterday? Well, you said most of it. Um, I, I would say the first half. Uh, or certainly start off with uh, until the goal which was only the fifth minute but um, even after that the first half seemed really hard work I've got to say this is not the Spurs team that I've ever supported it's always been sort of um, entertainment value first um, scoring more than we were let in and yesterday this wasn't just a defensive display this was a very purposeful defensive display this was one of knowing what man city are going to do and just leading them into the trap but we had to sit and watch what was really hard work we we, we were giving up ground to them um and i just thought this is going to be one long day this really is and our first half just felt enormous uh, second half we we progressed into the game even more and and wow wow I, we, the stats, it was quite interesting, match of the day last night, had, had a, a collection of stats, they had 19 shots, we only had about four, um, and it just didn't tell the story, it really didn't. This, as you said Javid, this was a great team before, and it was a great team dif- performance. Uh, they went to a plan, they stuck to the plan, every player did their job, pick one out for a man of the match, seems very cruel, um, but I the only thing I don't understand is, is why well I do understand why Man City didn't um, come with a, a, a game plan other than their usual one of passing us to death um, I, I still question whether Pep is the, the manager that everybody purports him to be um, but I think Mourinho by far got the better of him I mean I didn't I agree with Dave I didn't enjoy the first half at all but I do think it was a better victory in the end than it was than the last season one because it was much more controlled I felt they in last season I thought we sat back and but they had lots of chances if I remember rightly whereas I thought we really controlled the first half and obviously that was part of the longer plan second half I thought once um, once we went two up I thought the last half hour we were exceptional in the way we um, we saw the game out and looked very dangerous still uh, yeah so I mean it not much more to echo it was a fantastic victory and I think yesterday I was better able to um, to accept it in than last season because last season I thought we were lucky but this season you could really see the um, you could really see the plan of course that's helped because he's got some players in who are better suited to how he wants to play and you know we had Kane <laughs> yesterday which we didn't have last season so that meant when we did go forward we could do it with a little bit more conviction and more um coherence than we could last season 
Last season about man of the match. I thought everyone was terrific. Last season, as I recall, they had a they have a penalty. They did. Which yeah. which Hugo saved. Yeah. Um, they then went down to ten men. Yeah, there might have been an element of luck that day, but but yesterday, yesterday was a classic. I think what I've mentioned once or twice in the last few pods, it was a classic. What what Mourinho previously said when he was at United, a situation where another team has got the has got greater possession, but they don't necessarily have control of the game. Mm. And I think we had control of the game, and it's you actually have to stop and think for a minute. What he means? Well, we didn't have the ball, but yet we've got control, and yeah, that's what, that's precisely what 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 we had yesterday. The only um, thing that worried me was I st- we still let them have from set pieces two glaringly, you know, headers that really they should probably both have scored, and that's been a problem with us this season, as we all know. But you know, that's just nitpicking. I'm sure we're. You know, we're working on that. Maybe we did it better than we have in the past. But yeah. um, Rodri and then the guy, their other central defender at the end there, and that was a bit of a worry. But that's obviously a weakness we have. But um, uh, you know, we, we thoroughly deserved to win yesterday, and I think that's a really good point. And that's why he's so sharp, isn't he? Yeah, we control the game without having the ball. You know, and it's hard for me to get my head round, but that's. You know, that's exactly what we did. That thing you've just touched on there, I, I wouldn't say it's a weakness. I'd say it's a work in progress. Yeah, that's fair enough. And, and we, we, we've we've improved. I've, I'd like to think yeah. on that side of the game since the beginning of the season, where we were conceding goals at home from what Mourinho described as lateral free kick, free kicks. I've never heard, I never heard the phrase lateral no. free kick before, but there you go. They've become um, a big side, Man City, all of a sudden as well, with Rodri and then that big guy, Benfica, whereas before you never really worried about them, other than maybe Otamendi might do something. Yeah. But they looked, they were a big side, I thought, all of a sudden, standing there waiting for the ball to come in. They um, There was a decision um, that went to VAR. Um, goal wasn't given. Um, very briefly, otherwise it will just become a very long discussion on on yeah. on VAR. Well, thoughts on that? Was it was it right? Campbell, was it the wrong decision? Campbell. He makes a start. He does a little mini star thing and bring, uh, brings the ball into his body with his arm. Handball. Yeah. How long yeah. did it? How long did it take both of you to to arrive at that decision? Did you immediately, hand on heart? Did you immediately? And I, you know, with the benefit of sitting sitting at home watching on a on a screen, which a referee doesn't necessarily yeah. have immediately. Did did you both arrive at that decision fairly quickly? Yes. Yeah, mm-hmm. I did. It's, I, I just it, the way the ball see dropped the movement down, of his arm. The, yeah, the, well, the ball dropped down, and it couldn't have done that to the from the right side of his body. It would have gone off to the right, and it just dropped down. And further to that, there was the action of the Spurs players, really not blocking the shot after that uh, that went in. Mm. Um, they stopped a little bit because it was handball, and they did. They shouldn't have stopped, but they did stop, and that. It's it's always that human reaction that gives you that further information, and I thought now that's got to be handled. But I, but I did worry. I thought. Did you, you not know? know did you not think so, Javid? Do you know? But... Honestly, um, it took me a while. On all, on all. Initially, I was like, I, I want another. I want another camera angle, because each the first few times I saw it, I inclined to think that it hit, hit his chest and not his not his hand, not his arm. Um, I think. By the time I saw one of the last um, sorts of um, angles, 
yeah, I was sort of convinced it might be, um, but I, but I, but I, I still had some, some element of doubt, and I, and I almost wanted to be able to zoom in. I don't know if they got got that, whether whether with the the guy in Stockley Park or whether on the pitch side um, monitor they can um, they've got the ability to, to to zoom in. But I had doubts. Now, if I had that doubts, um, it's possible that the official on the day. Okay, in this case, if we if we go, if we go by by your, your both of your views, then, then maybe not. But if, but if say the particular official on, on on the day had say similar doubts that I had, then it's going to take a while for them to reach that decision. I think that that's that side of it is 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 just frustrating. And, I, I, and you know, at home it's fine you're watching it, but I could I could just imagine if if we had crowds again and you're in the stadium and that's all unfolding, it's it's annoying. But you know, justice was done, and um, we. The goal wasn't given, and we we went on to get an, another one in the second half and and come away with the three points, which was fully deserved. And it, you know, it might have been, it could have well have been a different story if VAR hadn't existed, um, and we, we might have been talking about a very different game. So, yeah. Um, so we had some questions, comments from first one from Matthew Moroney, Twitter analyst at Matthew Moroney six. He just says, all I want to say is, what a second half performance. The first half though felt like it, it was about two hours long though. Then There's David writing in his mouth. <laughs> <laughs> Darren Pamenter, he's trying to handle his at Davs P1919. What a win and some great performances. Kane, Dombele, Oiberg, and even Uriel were class, but Dyer was my man of the match, he goes on to say. Um, and then we had a question from Nate who just says, I'm absolutely buzzing after that massive win. It was incredible team performance. Um, he goes on to say that he felt Kane deserved a special shout for the leadership he showed. And um, if you had one word to describe that Harry Kane performance, what would it be? I feel we're running out of superlatives. <laughs> and I have, have been for a very long time when it comes That's to Harry Kane. Problem. But I'll, I'll go with awesome. <laughs> yeah, awesome is good. I think groovy. Groovy is the best word in the English language, so I'll say groovy. <laughs> <laughs> no, he, he was excellent. He was excellent. He he caused him a lot of problems. Mm. He was pulling Rodrigo all over the place, and and then he backed off. Uh, Kane turned, and and as we saw, he he was defending. He was doing the lot, wasn't he? Defending. G- Gary Neville said he. Um, I think Gary Neville. I, I managed to get the sky, and he he was on and on about how. Kane was just like destroying, <laughs> destroying these two really good centre backs. He didn't yeah. even have a shot on target, did he? No. Other than the disallowed one. I mean, the, I thought the two goals are really, really interesting because people are saying, I've heard people say now, oh well, you've just got to go deep with um with Harry. That will sort him out. And if you look at the first goal, they followed Kane in, which left the space behind. For the second goal, which had had a warning from the throw-in that, that he sent um, Sun through, which when he took it round the keeper, yes, they didn't go with him. Maybe Rodri or one of the central midfielders, someone there, needs to pick him up. But then he can turn, and he's got the vision, he's got the the weight of pass, or he could shoot. So you you're damned if you do, damned if you don't. You've got to man mark him like he's Maradona or something. But then you know, because he was he was abs- like David said, was awesome. He can hurt you in so many ways. Yeah, he's just brilliant. He's just he? so so intelligent. He's just his awareness of everything, of everything that's around him. Mm. Um, you know, from from what he's got to do as a striker in terms of you know awareness of being in the where to be in the box. Um, you know, that's that's the difference between somebody like a, a Kane and a Janssen. Kane, Kane would always find himself in those positions, 
um, if, if you know, even just for simple tappings. Um, but it's more than that. It's, you know, it's, it's awareness to drop off um, into deep positions to, to to provide that conundrum for a for a defender. Do I stick or do, you know do I twist? Do, do I stay or do I, do I go? And and you know creating that that bit of space um, for other for other teammates to exploit. Um, and his passing is his vision is is second to none. And, and uh, I can't remember who which of you said it but at the outset it is all round players defending not for the first time this season who can forget the game against Burnley when he had that clearance off the, off the line superb superb just just a complete footballer and, I, and I've i said this on the pod earlier this season I said it last night on, on social media I tweeted um, as a reply to a tweet um, from a BBC sports journalist um, who's I don't know if I can say it. I suppose it's not, it, he's a, he's also a Spurs fan, um, and um, I happen to know or I've happened to worked with him previously a few years ago. And I, I replied to a tweet of his, and I mentioned that I think that Harry Kane will be, I think he'll, I think he'll be the PFA brightest player of the year, and and the football and the football sorry PFA players um, player of the year. I think he'll be the football writers player of the year. And then he just joked something along the lines of, "Well, you know how we all get carried away as Spurs, Spurs fans. Why stop stop at that? I'm I'm going to throw in the Ballon d'Or mm-hmm. as well." Um, yeah. And when, you know, when you think about it, if he continues like this, yeah, he's got to be up there. there. Two things there. One, you're absolutely right. We're every, even Spurs fans. We must not underrate him because too many other people don't want to give him credit because they're sour no marks. And I, so I would agree. And the other thing I would say, David is a central defender. What would what would you do? Would you go with him? Would you stay? What would you do? Call a midfielder in? What would you do? Oh uh, yeah, because he's, he's just unplayable at the moment. Isn't yeah, he? yeah. He, well, he is. He is. Um, and I've seen players. I mean. Manchester United, Harry Maguire was pulled with him. He, he drew the foul. He was there, drew the foul, then put the ball down for the free kick, and off um, Son went. And he and he was, he left the gap. Um, Maguire did so. That was seemingly a mistake by going with them. And then yesterday they didn't go with him, and he, he hurt them then. So yeah, what do you do with the guy? I mean, defending is nothing you do about that. The bloke's defending, but uh, and that's the thing. You see, he's got. Harry Kane at the moment has got Son um, doing a lot of his work in, in a sense that he's a danger. Yes. So if you if you're too often watching Kane, Son's gone behind you, and he, he's, his running was I mean that that goal I mean sublime wasn't it? Absolutely sublime. I just say the the, the little um, lob over the defence, one touch for Son, but what a lovely bit of movement by Son, and it was just one touch left foot through the keeper's legs just lovely it was to watch that's so, a good point david we can't you can't afford to concentrate too much on him especially when bale gets up to speed what are you going to do do you, do you know what i would do um i hope I, I hope Sorry, i hope I, didn't I, ask I hope no, no it's fine no no, no the right person to ask david he's 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 he's, he's played 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 his defender previously um this is just um my own thought. So I think mean, there there are two ways that you can counter Kane. Um, I'm not sure sure either one would, would 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 necessarily work. So the first one is stick stick a man mark on him. Somebody like a you know like a Martin Keown for example. Somebody horrible that would kick kick, <laughs> kick the shit out of him. The trouble with that is then if you're going to stick somebody on him all game, then it's going to create space at the back for other players to exploit. What I suspect 
what I fear is that in a week from now, Chelsea will just stick Kante on him. And they'll have a midfield player just basically, if he tries to drop into that, you know, into a deeper position, I think Kante will, will, will be on him. That's my fear. I don't well, know if, what, what you feel about that, David, whether, well, whether that's a pro- it, it, possible yeah. game plan that Chelsea might deploy. Well, yeah, I'll be happy with that, because if he does take Kane out of the game, you've got Son, possibly Bale, then, to have to deal with, and, and he's not there. That's the problem. I, I'm going back now to the 2015 League Cup, uh, when Mourinho, of course, was manager of Chelsea then, and he knew the danger... And Kane just stood up there with the centre-backs and they put Kurt Zuma into um, the holding sort of midfield place in front of Kane. So they starved him. But Kane didn't come short in those days. Mm. And that's the difference now. If you try sticking someone on him a bit or making a... a, He just comes short so far forward. I mean, as a centre-back, do you want to end up actually on the toes of Hoiberg? Because that's where you're going to be if you're not careful. Right up there. That's why you'd possibly leave it to a midfield player rather than a centre-back. Well, I know, but even then, you're taking a holding midfield player and bumping him right up the top there, mm. leaving gaps for Bergvijn or, or Mora, um, Son and Bale, because they can do the job. And if, I'm sure Bale, if he gets up to speed, as you're saying, um, can do a hell of a job that Kane does with a, you know, knocking the ball in the net with a, you know, one pass into him and he'd be away. So I think there's plenty of danger and I think that it's a good shout to say um, the Ballon d'Or if you stopped it now I, I would find it difficult to argue against Kane I think yeah if you st- if you if you stop the count stop the vote- voting right now um, uh, to coin a popular um, yeah um, I think that certainly domestically I, I think he's head and shoulders above anybody in, the, in, in our league at the moment on current form uh, and I think he's a good shout to be somewhere in the top three, for the or top five for yeah. the for the Ballon d'Or. The trouble is with that, you've got Messi and you've got Ronaldo. So if you're an exceptional player and you're exceptional all season at a really you know high level and doing that consistently, even then you might not win it because you've got those two. That's that's the so we'll see how that. If he has a good um, Euros, then. But I think uh, I think you're right about football writers. I think he's at the moment. He's. I agree with you. I think he's head and shoulders above everyone in the league as well. And mm. there's some really good players out there. I, I would agree. I'd love to see him get football writers, players. I don't know. Mm. Right. So we've got a little bit more, possibly about to yesterday's match. But I, I, but I, also, I, I, I then sort of want to segue into, and we sort of slightly touched upon it when I mentioned Kante. I want to, I want to talk about. Um, the upcoming ma- matches against Ludogorets, but particularly actually Chelsea, and and talk a little bit about Toby Alderweireld, who went off injured yesterday, um, and who will who will come in for him, and obviously take more of your questions. But um, before all of, all of that, um, it's been quite a week for the Tottenham Tottenham women. Um, so with some news about big big developments in in the world of Tottenham women here is Bex with this week's Tottenham women's update hey everybody it's Bex to give you the news on what's been happening with the Spurs women it's been quite a heavy week so last Saturday the women played Bristol City in the league um it wasn't the best game um 
we conceded a, an early penalty, um, pulled it back. We were 2-1 back. And then only in injury time for Bristol City to score because Spurs looked like they had the win, so they kind of laid off a little bit, um, which is not ideal. That was followed by a midweek Conti Cup game against Arsenal where we were 2 all at full time and then lost 5-4 on penalties. So we've not won a game this season, which is a little bit disappointing. Um, but no matter, because in typical Tottenham style, what we've done is we've picked the same date that Poch left the senior team last year. And we've used that date to sack Karen Hills and Juan Amoros from the women's side of football. It's not a great surprise. Our performances this season have been absolutely diabolical. And to not have won a single game, I think, tells you exactly why they've gone. The timing, though, was absolutely exquisite. So in comes Rian Jones, who is a was a member of Phil Neville's squad at the Lionesses. Um, coaching team. She's previously been had coaching experience at both uh, Leicester and Arsenal, so that's a tad disappointing. But hey, you know the women's game is a lot more contained. Hopefully, Ryan will be able to lift us from the bottom of the league table. Not quite bottom, but there's not a great deal in it. Um, Tottenham women are 11th out of 12th. We've played seven, and we have a whole three points. The only team that's propping us all up is Bristol City women who have played six and only have one point. So much as it's not nice to dwell on the misfortune of another team, for God's sake, Spurs women, at least win a game. That would be lovely. It's until the 6th of December, and that's a league match on a Sunday afternoon at 2 o'clock at home at The Hive in London, and that's to play Brighton and Hove Albion Women FC. So... With any luck, um, a change of management and the fact that Rayanne's got a couple of weeks before she has to, um, she's got time to maybe adjust the style of play or um, instill a little bit of belief or confidence into the players. Hopefully that will bring us a decent result then. Um, as ever, I am on Twitter at BunchesBex, but that's the big news from this week, a change of management. Thanks, bye-bye. Welcome back to the second half of the Tottenham Family Podcast. Thank you, Bex. Right, um, we've got Ludacris and Chelsea um, coming up. So I'm not going to ask either of you for predictions or uh, or, or, or to, to, to talk about Ludacris and their opposition players um, because unless either of you are experts, um, which I suspect um, you're not in terms of ludicrous and we, we can sort of park that um, so I do want to talk about the Chelsea match um, and the only thing in relation to ludicrous I suppose is what team will because there will be changes what team do you think Mourinho will pick for that game and what, pick, what team do you think do you think um, Mourinho will pick for Chelsea next sun, Sunday and how do you see that going we've on that front obviously Toby went off injured yesterday oh, seems okay. to be a groin injury um we don't know how serious it is um, at the moment, um, but let's just assume. Let's assume he's not back for either, either of those games. Well, particularly the the, the Chelsea game. So, who would you have come in um, to partner Dyer for those? Bo- assuming Dyer starts both of those matches. I don't think he will. I don't think he will. I, I think Dyer needs a rest uh, for the Chelsea game. I yep. think. Um, We've got to be careful, Ludigrets, because they, they, I think they did beat uh, Antwerp, didn't they? Um, got something out of that. They, they just, mm-hmm. Out of middle of nowhere, they, they come up with the results. We'll be very careful, but um, Jose Mourinho's got 
you know, got to manage this squad. He's doing very well so far. Um, but I think he'll change just about all the team. Um, Davis may well. The only one that might play is um, um, our left back. Um, Regulon. Regulon, thank you. Uh, and push Davis in as a centre back. Yeah. It may well be that because he's so young, Regulon. He may well take the games. But, you know, bearing in mind only a few, you know, a few days later, it's Chelsea. And I, I suspect the team will be much the same as it was yesterday for the Chelsea game. I mean, for for Ludacrets, obviously, yeah, Toby's out, we're assuming. Yeah. Um, oh, Rodon, okay. Rodon is not eligible. Um, so, therefore, it would either be Dyer and one other, or if we, if you, as you say, Dyer is rested for that, get, with, with, with the Chelsea game in mind, then the permutations like, would be Sanchez and Ben Davis playing as a centre-back. Or if you don't want to play, have Regulon starting both that game and the Chelsea game, Ben Davis at left back, and then I suppose Jaffet Tanganga coming in. My only concern about Tanganga is he's come back from an injury, but he's played very little football all season. The only game that he played was against Chelsea earlier in the season. That was prior to his injury, so I don't know how f- I don't know how fresh he is, but he's got to come in at some stage, I suppose. So I'd like to see Sanchez play against Ludogorets because it looks like we're going to need him. Oh, yeah. If it works out, because he needs some confidence building, maybe mm-hmm. if he can come in against Ludogorets, have a decent game, that will stand him in good stead for Chelsea. Because without Toby, if you've got Tanganga for the reasons you've just said, and Rodon, unless he really, really rates Rodon, that's quite a big ask to go into the Chelsea game, isn't it? And Although so you're, does... left with, you're left with Sanchez, but you know he's done it before, didn't he? Put Tanganga in against Liverpool, and that Chelsea side yeah. isn't as good as that Liverpool side was. Although Rodon it's... does does seem to be ahead of Sanchez in the pecking order. He seemed, I think, the last two, the last two prem, the West Brom game, and and certainly yesterday, he was on the bench ahead of Sanchez. And so I, don't, I can't remember the last time Sanchez was in a Premier League match day squad. I, I've, I've no doubt that he'll, that he'll probably, almost certainly, start on. Yeah, Thursday. Thursday, but I think where Chelsea is concerned, I think it would be Dyer and my guess is Dyer and Rodon or Dyer and Taganga. I do think one thing. I'm watching the first half of um, Torino Inter before before the before the pod. Belotti gets injured in the warm up. Verdi goes off, with, and they're all soft tissue uh, injuries. What the, yeah. uh, what David was saying, you've really got to manage the sides and often it, you know you're not going to be able to put out what you think your best mm. side is I don't know if Sanchez went off to Colombia they played two at least two games in the week yep so he arrived not... he arrived back late as well apparently but um, yeah it's a shame about Toby I mean I was one of those I've put my nose thinking four years I don't know and maybe he's on the way down but I think the last few games he's played very very well so Toby so mm. sods Laurie yeah. <laughs> he gets injured that's a great shame he was cracking until he went off unfortunately yeah um, he was but I, I'm afraid I think um, he's going to be out until after Christmas ouch okay that's a problem yeah mm. well Rodon's going to have to step up some of the games mm. Tenganga's fit though isn't he from what I understand yeah yeah yeah, he's fit. yeah, yeah. and I, I saw a picture of him on training on on whenever it was Friday um and I mean training. I don't mean like a recovery period or training on its own right. proper, proper training. So that's good. Yeah. Um, I'm slightly, I'm, I'm a little bit more optimistic about Toby in that I think that sometimes with Jose, there's mind games. 
and also with um, with Toby, he put out a tweet yesterday which seemed a little bit optimistic. I don't know, maybe I'm, I'm reading too much into his tweet, um, but we'll see. I really ho- I hope. I hope it's, I, we, he's not going to be out over the Christmas over that period where we've got lots of games. And I think the, the him and Dyer, those last was it two or three matches? I think they've really. Three, I think it's three games out of four where they've where they've kept a clean sheet in the Premier League, and, and they've they've got a good good understanding, and I think that's that's going to be a bit of a blow. But um, let's turn to Chelsea then. Um, apart from Toby, and we've we've had some discussion about uh, who's going to partner Dyer for that game. Assuming everybody else is fit, do you pretty much see the similar sort of eleven that started yesterday? Yes. And I, and I think Vale will be on the bench again. Bergwijn ahead or Mora ahead of him? Um, I think Mora. I'm going to think it'll be Mora this time. Um, although Mora will probably pl- play on Thursday, so maybe not. Maybe it might be Bergwijn. It won't surprise me. I mean, if, we, if it keeps me thinking, then Chelsea got to keep thinking, haven't they? So, I, I must admit, for Chelsea, um, they'll possibly bring in... Um, oh, there's that centre-forward, the ex-Arsenal one. Oh, Giroud. Giroud, yes. Um, I, I, well, I would if I was him. Um, if uh, Toby's not there, um, I would consider Giroud. He's often done a lot of damage to us and going in a more aerial uh, route. So, I, But I hope he doesn't. He might wait for the last half an hour and do the damage then uh, with Giroud. But uh, no, I, uh, yeah, it's a, it's a big miss, um, Toby. I, I wouldn't be surprised to see some people in who you who we might not normally think because he's now like I say with these soft tissue issue um, injuries yeah. that lots of people are getting he's got we've got Arsenal after that we've got Liverpool coming up yeah. he's really got to manage um, because more other otherwise people like Toby are going to more people are going to be out so like I say sometimes he, and I'm sure you know with the medical team sometimes you're going to think look you know he might be a better player in more form but you're going to you're going to store up problems for you for yourself later on if you don't leave him out that might even happen to Harry might need a rest I mean he played two pretty much full games for for England again um, I would say Aurea keep I would think Aurea's outperformed Doherty this season and I mm. think so I would keep him in yeah Sissoko again you know we've said it I mean, we are a pod who has often championed his uh, looked at his um, positives rather than his negatives and that that chemistry is looking good in midfield you just want yeah. to try and get Los Elso in as well, you know, somehow. But yeah, that's yeah. the difficulty. But he he works. He works there. I thought he had another tremendous game. I thought everyone had a tremendous game. Every every now and again there was a sloppy pass from from all of them. But hmm. it really works, doesn't it? I think Los Elso will, will will start on Thursday, and Mourinho will continue to rotate him and Dombele as we saw yesterday. Uh, Dombele coming off after however many minutes Lascelles are coming on and I think it'll be, it'll be vice versa for the um, for the Ludogrets and, and, then, well, and then the Chelsea game that's the thing we rely on getting you know get a good start against Ludogrets if we get a few goals then you can start um, mm. putting on the subs and resting players again so that the Chelsea game doesn't seem quite so um, uh, difficult and getting players ready for it yeah, we possibly might have Lamella back um, by then as well. Maybe. Um, yes, he wants to play him against Chelsea. I bet. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I th- I actually think I was going to say I, I sort of disagreed. I, I I thought I think Bale might come in for that game um, yeah. rather than Bergwijn, depending on how 
I mean, it made sense for him not starting yesterday. He's played a few few times for, for Wales recently, so that that's fine. Um, I think he'll feature on Thursday, probably start the game. Um, my inclination was, yeah, it, it will be Bale. But if Lamella is fit, he did start the United game with a forward line of um, Lamella and Son and um, Kane. Um, and I think there was another game where Lamella featured as well. Uh, I can't remember which off the top of my head, but um, I mean, Mourinho likes Lamella. Um, he does. We'll, we'll, we, shall, we shall see. Yeah, yeah, spot on. Much will depend on, on, on Thursday and, and, and how quickly we dispatch. If it's going to be like the Antwerp game um, and suddenly you get some of the big names who, who have been rested having to come on, then it, it slightly changes things for um, yeah for, for Sunday. That's, that's why Mourinho was furious because he got not just a game plan but he got a season plan there right you know so we've got the players now we rotate we win that game then we go on to the weekend and we play our best team and suddenly he had to change everything and then still didn't win it he were not happy and and it was it was that future plan you know damn i'm gonna have tired players we're um we're top of the table so at the time of the time of recording this pod it's right now about five to four UK time. Um, we're currently top of the table, and we might still be top of the table depending on the the um, results in the Liverpool Leicester game, which will kick off in about three hours from now. Um, a a anything other than a Leicester w- win will mean that we're we remain a draw or a one them both dropping points. Yeah, either a draw or a or a or a. Liverpool win um, would would ensure that we remain top for the remainder of the week. Um, with Chelsea next, just looking at them, they're starting to hit some form. They've got the same goal difference as us. They're only two points off us. Um, very briefly, prediction for next Sunday. Hmm. Hmm. Lampard's got the better of Jose twice so far. This as as Chelsea manager, as Chelsea actually three times as Chelsea manager against. Um, Against, well, not, the league, not the League Cup. Against Spurs, and then did he not? Did he not do him in the League Cup? In yeah, but Josie got the better of the League Cup, as I'm saying. Uh, I was thinking of your right. Yeah, I was thinking of that's right. I forgot about that. I was thinking of um, the third occasion that I had in my mind was when when Lampard was managing Derby. All oh, right, yeah. And they played played United, but you're absolutely spot on. Yes, um, he has got Josie has got the better of him recently, in the most recent clash. Um, yeah, predictions for next Sunday. It, it, when I looked at this running, I'll say running, but to Christmas with all these fixtures, you knew, you know, it's, it don't fool yourself. It's we will drop points in amongst that. There's no way we're going to win all these games, you know. And I thought, well, I if I had to be pushed yesterday, I'd have said a draw. You know, I put us down for a one-nil win on the predictor, but um, I'd have put us down for a draw. And, and you know, if we do do that, we'll do well. And and I would say Chelsea, well probably a draw again you know we're just not going to win all these games but it, it, it's surprising me Jose has surprised me you're seeing a steal come into the side you know Harry being one of them little foul so you know I, I a draw would do me you know I'd, 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 I'd settle for that we could we can win them all if you beat Man City like that yesterday there is nobody there at the moment Liverpool aren't hitting form Chelsea are a little bit in and out we have the capabilities to, to win those games, no doubt, but to keep winning them week after week is too big an ask. Somewhere yeah. we'll drop points. 
Yeah, I mean, I I think we might well draw, might well draw at Chelsea. I, I imagine we'll go similar to what we did last year, but I just think we're a completely different side than we were last year. Oh yeah. We we're going to be so much better at that tactic. We've got players who are better suited, like I said earlier. They know what they're doing, and we've got Kane and Son. So maybe it's not such a bad a bad tactic, you know. But um. Yeah, I, th- I think we'll, we'll get a draw. I've only seen Chelsea live once. That was against us because I just don't, I'm not interested in watching them otherwise. And they seem quite patchy as well. Sometimes really mm-hmm. good, sometimes not so good. You know, they've got a lot of new players and they're, you know, they're taking time to gel. I think, all, you know, all three, none, none of the three results would surprise me. Probably. I think a draw would be a very good result yeah. away from home against them. Against, basically, you don't want to, if you're playing the top six or whatever if we are one of, we're somewhere in that mix in that top six um, I mean I'm including when I say top six I'm including Arsenal in, in that but it's questionable whether they're a top six team um, but you know if you're playing your if you're playing you know, the likes of the, the Manchester clubs or Liverpool or Chelsea these are games where play them twice over the course of the season if you get maximum points fantastic if you get four points, that's very good as well. To be honest, if you come away with four points, then you've not, you know, you've not. They've not. You've not gained. They. The other team hasn't gained any points over you over the course of the season. Um, so I think a draw would be a perf- perfectly credible result away from home. And How do you think he'll set up, Jav? What do you think he'll do? I mean, he'll Mourinho. Do, yeah. Um, actually, we were incredibly negative last year, weren't we? But I, I do think we're a better place to carry out such a thing. yeah i think that i mean last last year we, we're gonna I, I think almost certainly we'll, we'll give them the ball and mm. and we'll do what we did against city and and hit them on the counter but i think the difference between this season and last season well one of the differences there are so many but one difference when we played them for example at the bridge um we didn't have a we kane was injured then um yes. i think possibly son was injured then as well because it was after the Villa game. Yep, so Sun was injured. We didn't have an outlet up front. We had sort of Mora and Delhi. Um, we ended up playing with a back three, which really ended up being with a being a back five. We had Jaffa Taganga at right back that day. Um, I think Jan might have gone in at left back, or maybe it was left, left of a three. They really had us penned in that day. And I think it's going to be a completely different game. So, yeah. Yeah, if you had to push me, I'd probably say a draw. Yeah. Probably say a draw. I think they're good. Go- I think Chelsea are good going forward, yeah. but I think they're a bit shaky at the back. I'd tell. For, I mean, I think that I agree with you both. I think that would be a really good result. A draw away mm. to top four to six side. We don't need right. to win. All- People saying with this run up, run up, we've got. You don't need to win all of them. You could even lose one. You know. Oh yes, everyone's going to be winning and losing, yeah. drawing. It, you know, we've only lost one game all season at the moment, right? And if we're going to lose, that's after what uh, nine matches? That's a quarter of the way almost to the season. Yes. Uh, I'm going to say that we'll probably at least lose one more league game for the remainder of the campaign, right? At least, okay. Um, where that's going to come, I don't know, right? But I would rather it come against, I don't know, I'm just picking up a picking out random name, Wolves away, okay, bad day, boxing day, had a little bit too much turkey, and we, we don't turn up. I'd rather lose that and drop some points there than lose to 
a rival or somebody that's going to be in and around the top four. Obviously, I'm making a massive assumption that Wolves are going to be nowhere near the top four, mm. um, but I suspect they will be sniffing. That'll be one of those teams like you know Leicester, etc., that will be, um, you know, particularly this season with it being so open. Um, right, let's let's just dive into we've got quite a few questions I'm trying to get through them as quickly as possible um, Lee Marston his Twitter handle is at Lee Marston 81 how do you feel about the mid to low block we are using with the counter attack football well I said earlier that I'm uh, I'm just not used to it I've never I can't ever remember Spurs playing this way as a tactic um, I mean we might be penned back by better teams and it looks that way but it's a, it's a hard watch I knew this was going to happen it is a hard watch but the uh, a payoff is watching us win 2-0 yesterday and if we're going to do that yep bring it on I'll I'll live with it if we keep winning mm. so yeah I, I, I'm okay with it yeah like all of us I'm used to and, and that's how I want Spurs to play on the front foot at all times I can forgive an awful lot and often have over many decades if we're if we're you know going for it that's how I like to see Spurs but you know this is what Mourinho is you know and so i think he's probably got the best idea and it will depend on the opposition you know we won't play mid to low block against you know some mid table down teams but he will do against the 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 top teams or teams in and around us and that's probably to be honest he's probably right you know in terms of winning at the moment Uh, you have to give it you have to say he's probably right so yeah how do i feel about it i'd rather we just you know attacked everyone in cavalier way but <laughs> that's easy for me to say I think much like South Korea, I, 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 I like us to, to, to be on the front foot play, playing attacking football all the time that being said um, there were times there were occasions under Pochettino for example um, where we'd come up against some of these top top sides, and I, and I, and I wanted us to, to do exactly what we did yesterday and play with a sort mm. of mid to, mid to low block, yeah. and we didn't. Having said that, there were also times when when we did. For example, I think the four one against Liverpool, um, the games against Real away, mm. um, where we set up, where we did a very unpochettino type thing, and and we ground out a result. And and I and there were occasions where I wish we did did that a little bit more under him. Um, so I, I think it's got there is a place for it I can see the merit of it so I'm fine doing it sometimes but I just don't want it to be all the time and I want uh, I, there are occasions where I want us to be when we do have the ball I want, want us to be, to be a little bit more ad- ad- adventurous particularly against the, the lower sides sorry but, very quickly last uh-huh. season we got upset because we were doing it at home to Norwich and Southampton weren't we and yeah. we're in a much better place now we don't yeah. need to do that now. I know all the reasons why we did it: injuries, confidence, whatever. But yeah, that's why what I don't like. But I agree with you. You know, I, I'm nostalgic. We'd be relegated if I was manager. It'd just be ridiculous, you know. So he's right. You know, <laughs> of course he's right. You know. If you take somebody like Australia, Ferguson's United team, squash, squash, squash buckling football. Um, you know, always attacking. Um, often, sometimes, very good at counter-attacking teams. Um, but even then, there were occasions. For example, I remember there was there was a period of time where they kept playing Juventus, um, who were mm, to- when when, yeah. when Zidane was at Juventus and and they were top side at that point. And Juventus always got the better of them. United were, for all the quality they had at that time, they were a li- little bit second best. They were a little bit inferior. So it took a while for them to to learn how to play against some of these teams. And and 
with time, you know, they adopted, uh, you know, on, on occasions or sometimes, you know, parts of a game they they would adopt a maybe more cautious, more pragmatic approach, and that's part of, part part and parcel of football. I think you need to be able to do that. You need to be able to know how to play in another way because um, you can't always expect to play one one way and because sometimes you'll you'll come come unstuck come unstuck that was clever right. yesterday wasn't it the hoiberg sissoko making four central defenders i don't think i've noticed that but have you noticed that we've done that before rather than when did you know hoiberg and sissoko sort of sat right just in front of yeah. dyer and thingy and yeah. i can't remember us doing that certainly not as well before i thought oh this is good and then gary neville made the or someone made the point, and I thought, oh, that's that's really good. That to stop those slide rule passes. I just, you know, I don't know. I don't know what you thought. I, I, I want I rem- to ask you because I just, oh, I've not really noticed that before. I've seen it time to time. I remember a game against mm. Milan years ago when Redknapp was manager. The second second leg of the quarter final. I meant Mourinho. Well, I don't think uh, it just works so well. I just thought, oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, let's. Was that against Milan? You were saying with. The... I was going to say against Milan in in the second leg of the quarterfinal. Right. Not quarterfinal. Um, sorry, second yeah. round match. The last sixteen, we'd we'd won the first tie, crouched in the San Siro, and then we were defending a one 0 lead at White Hart Lane, and they we, we it was just really back to the wall stuff that day. Just we did just. Then, did we? I can't remember now. Gosh. Long Something. Yeah. I, I just remember us defending really yeah. deep. I, I, I don't know if it if actually whoever was in the midfield that day. I don't know mm. if it was Modric Probably or Huddleston. Genius. People like that would have been them or Modric. Yeah, I can't Modric. remember exactly. Anyway, um, question from Andy Ireland. Now this one, I think he sent a couple of weeks back on the back of the West Brom pod, and I didn't um, get around to reading it. Um, uh, so we'll sort of address it now. He just, he just says, "Winning ugly." Is this? Is this a new Tottenham? As I, as I feel this, is, as I feel this is something we've we've always lacked. Yeah, yeah. It is, as a simple answer, yes. It yeah, is, Andy. Yeah, thanks for your question. Um, yeah, it's it's a new, new way of going. It's something Spurs have never done, as I said earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, and we've got to get used to it. Um, I think the vast majority of fans, if it comes up with trophies, playing this way, they'll accept it. They'll accept it, and and it probably is the right way to go. Now. If you said two or three years down the line and more money's invested and slightly better players are coming in, maybe the fans, as they're winning trophies, will want to see more expansive play. Then, then it'll be different. But um, we, we, this soft un- underbelly that has been uh, our, our accuser's byline um, is now being changed by Mourinho, that we don't have mm. that soft. And it certainly didn't yesterday. I mean, it just our shout not pass. Um, that's all our, our central sort of midfielders and backline. Just just put their foot in every time. Um, thou shalt not pass. So that's the sort of football we're going to get used to a little bit more. Yep. Do you think you two in the stadium, if you do, you think it would make? I've heard this said before, but you two obviously, as you still going before before COVID, what, what what would you be feeling? What do you think the crowd would have an effect? Not against Man City, maybe, but against other teams. Would that? I've heard that said. What do you two think? How would you be? Well, I don't think there'd be any difference to what we're saying now. You know, you think, oh, I want expansive football. But as we score and yesterday, I'd have just the same opinion. You know, this is what a great result. That would be my overriding uh, emotion is the win, not yeah. the way we played. And, and that, I'm sure, is what most Spurs fans feel. That mm. overriding emotion 
we've mugged them. Pep is sitting there looking like almost a broken man. <laughs> broken and that, well, he did. He's just sitting there looking at it and he just didn't know what to do. And, and he still tries to make out the end there that well, we were the better team and, and, and you know, we're playing better. Mm-hmm. And I thought, mate, you know, you're, you're, you've been mugged here and, mm-hmm. and you, you, had no, you didn't have an answer. That adds to the pleasure. Just so, wonder if the crowd would be like driving them on, going, "Come on, have a go at them." Well, I see, yeah, I see what you're saying. I, I mean, I don't know. I've heard I, it said. I, Who knows? I think away from home it'd be fine. Yeah. I think at home there's always a little bit of nervousness. Yeah. It's, it's a different sort of crowds. Um, but if we, I think, I, I suspect at home if we get if we get our um, noses in front early on. Um, like we did yesterday with an early goal, I think that that changes the thing. I think mean, yeah. the problem with 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 home, regardless of the style of football. Um, and I remember games under Pochettino in that in that fantastic 16-17 season when we won every home game bar two that we drew in the in the league. Um, there were there were a few people forget it. There, were, there was I remember this game against Middlesbrough when we won one nil. We we weren't great. There were Palace early on in that season winning one nil. Very yeah. very late goal from from Wanyama. Mm-hmm. Um, and the longer those games go on, right? With without a goal, the more nervous the, 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 the fans become. That's that's natural. That's just completely natural. But yes, I, I, th- I think in the case of yesterday, for example, I think an early goal would have settled any nerves, and I think the, 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 that would have lifted the atmosphere. And and who knows? It, it might have with an atmosphere with with an actual crowd. It it might have been an even better performance. Right, Arteta's um, Arsenal, isn't it? The ball just being the centre circle, and neither team to <laughs> <neither laughs> go and get it. <laughs> Right, question from Richard Healy. Is it possible that Jose will get Delhi to respond in a similar way that Tangai has this season? Whilst you can't argue with the results, um, the alienation of a key talent is, dif- is difficult to process. Thoughts on that? I, my, my thought is I really hope that happens, that Delhi does respond. I, I, from it, if I was in his shoes, I would look at it and say, well, this is the team to play for. It is going places. We're top of the league. There are a lot of good things happening. I want to be part of it. I'm going to have to knuckle down and prove myself. Because where's he going to go? It's all very well, but he could end up like Ericsson. Mm-hmm. Off you go. Hey, yeah. I'm, an, I'm an Inter Milan. Now I can show people what I'm, you know, the new start. Um, and it all went horribly wrong. Well, it has so far. But, um, yeah, so I, I, I would always throw a warning to be careful mm-hmm. of what you want. It may not be as you think so I don't know um, he doesn't look good at the moment does it with Delhi he's, he's nowhere to be seen um, so but I hope I really do hope yeah Gilly well if he, if he doesn't turn up somewhere on Thursday then you've got to really worry because I think January's coming maybe he doesn't want to go maybe Jose just wants to get him out and get someone else in. Who knows? My, I wrote down when you were asking the question, where does he fit in the system? And that's my that's, worry. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I don't. I mean, I don't have an answer to that, obviously. But uh, I'd be really sad to let him go. But maybe for him, it's the it's the best thing if he's not even getting games in the Europa League. But you know, he's still young. It's only he can afford a few months, surely. But I just think with the players we've got coming in in the system. I I wonder if this is uh you know if there's going to be opening for him for a while. But I, don't, oh, no. I don't know. The the the, the situation is very different. Um, yes. It's quite public. Um, I think with this there hasn't been a big 
public you know spat or disagreement of course there's been the the amazon documentary when when you know sort of jose said in a sort of jokey way but it was actually also probably quite serious in trying to make a point you know called him a lazy fucker but mm. um uh i i think people are reading a little bit too much into that we've got to re- we've got to cast the mind back to when Mourinho took the job and Delhi was was in good form then and he was and, and, and he was going to be Jose's main man and mm. you know all, all of that sort of thing so I'd forgotten I, that to be honest I think that and also with Don Bele you also had this big massive price tag around him you know well if, if he's if he's not going to be part of the manager's plan plans it's going to be easy to move him on in the summer without taking a hit that sort of thing whereas with Delhi. That's probably his value is depreciated, but whatever you sold him for, he's still going to get make a profit on the fight. You know, from a purely business point of view, on on, on the five million that we paid for him. Um, I I go back to what you said, Gilly. I, I fear that the system there isn't a place in the system for him, yeah. um, which is you know that's fine. Managers come, they have their own ideas, and 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 I don't know that he can. I just don't know that Delhi. Um, can break into that. I think there's a lot, a lot being said from a lot of our fans, which have been really harsh in relation to, to, to Delhi. Some of it's on the back of that do- documentary that he's lazy, that he's got a poor attitude, that he's got other interests outside of football. Um, wh- why shouldn't he have other interests outside of football? I'd much rather a player like Delhi Ali. You know, last year I think it was maybe last year or eighteen months ago when he had a, a um, I think a clothesline, a. a, 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 a that he'd launched and he was doing other things and he was he was on social media. I'd much rather a player do have something, or whether he's playing computer games or whatever it might be. I'd much rather a player be doing that outside of you know outside of training time when he's coming than than you know hearing of stories of a player um, in a nightclub um, until the early hours um, and abusing his, his his body in some way. So that that for, for me that's fine as long as he's as long as he is um, when he's at Hotspur away and he's training, he's working hard and he's putting the effort in. And if need be, staying a little bit behind and working hard, um, then you can't really ask any any more from that. The, the only thing then is, you know. <laughs> Will he take his opportunity on Thursday with with both hands? Um, I think that's what he needs to do, and so far he hasn't done that. In his defence, he's he's been his opportunities have been so sporadic, his minutes that it's it's difficult to I suppose get any rhythm going. But yeah, fundamentally. Sorry, go on. I just say fundamentally, I just I just feel that 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 there isn't any way in for him because of, because of the system that we play. Unless, thinking, you, uh, sorry, go on. So I just want to have a thing. Sorry, that, that, uh, unless you and now if you didn't have three thumb, if you didn't have somebody like uh, Vicinius, if we didn't have another striker, which mm. we bloody well need in the squad. But if we didn't have, say, that player, then you know maybe you could have Delhi featuring more regularly in Premier League games on the bench as a as an auxiliary sort of second striker that could come on and we could play a bit differently if we needed to. But that. That avenue's, I think, been shut with some of the players that we've brought in, and the, the way that the, the system that we set up is different. So I, I just can't see it, basically. Sorry to interrupt. That's right. I think the only the only thing I would was going to say was that when up until a couple of months ago, every time I do a Spurs eleven, I'd always shoehorn him shoehorn him in the side somehow. So I'm like many of us have been a big fan of his. Now I I, I wouldn't, you know, I, with the system we've got, I just think. I think we've got not better players but better players for that system but things can change very quickly in in football you know yeah 
the couple of injuries, which you know, touch wood, but these are these are going to happen to what they're happening to all clubs. You know, all these injuries, he will get chances if he hangs around. I'm just thinking, depends how much rush of a rush people are in, whether it's him or the club or whatever, with the transfer thing coming up, and how much you know for us it's to play for Tottenham's everything. But you know, if he's getting sounding out from other clubs maybe he'll think well you know it isn't for him you know mm. perhaps in the same way it is for us I know he, he's been a big part of Tottenham for a long time now and really loves the club I'm sure but yeah I think it's just it's like anything isn't it it was a sh- I thought it was a shame when Ericsson left I thought it was a shame when Vertonghen left even though I knew Vertonghen you know wasn't good enough and you know I don't I, I, even saying that makes me feel bad but he wasn't good I, enough for what, what yeah, he wanted to I, do I think the bit, but the big difference in this case, though, with with Delhi, both in terms of Ericsson and Vertonghen, he's much younger than both players, and he's yeah. never expressed a desire to leave the club. Um, but he just can't get into the team at the moment. Um, some of that is form, some of he that can't is get to the Europa League team, Javid. That's the problem. He's not. Then he needs to do more in training, I guess, yeah. um, or he needs to change the way he he plays. He needs to adapt. Right. Yeah. Final three. Oh, final yeah. three questions. Um, I'm, I'm just conscious we need no, to just no, get no, through, get through of these. Right. J- John Steggles, um, what score out of ten would you give the season so far? Um, so I'm I'm just going to say eight. I'll say seven and a half. Well, I would have said seven. Yes, before yesterday's game, I'm giving it an eight now. Why am I giving it seven and a half? We're top. <laughs> eight. <laughs> okay. All right. We'll, we'll all go for eight. I think it's it, it's been good. You know, how many how many games so far? Nine nine nine, nine Premier League nine Premier League matches. Um, seven wins, two draws, one defeat. Um, uh, we're in the quarterfinals of the League Cup. Um, we're doing well in well in the Europa. We only had one defeat in that. So you, it's yeah it's 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 not perfect but it's near near it's near perfect as you can get it's it, it's been very good right final two questions um so firstly from martin king his twitter handle is at m 84 hi guys one year after Mourinho took over from 14th we've gone from 14th position to first what's your assessment of how well the rebuild is going it's marie and and is Mourinho is Mourinho proving those of us who doubted his appointment wrong uh, yeah he is proving me wrong um, I didn't think he'd do as well as this with all the I mean I, I, I gave so much defense for Pochettino having to do what he did under all the difficulties of three home grounds and uh, no um, no money really uh, to spend and, and Mourinho's come in and un, unlike him he's not had much money to spend um, and he seems to have turned this squad around from looking a little bit um, shaky to uh, having a very actual plump squad and, and two players pretty much for every position. And as we're seeing coming out um, coming out well, this weekend on top. So he's proving me wrong. And uh, I, I, I would give Mourinho um, most certainly a, a, about eight or nine out of 10. Um, I really would. Mm-hmm. Kelly? I think, yeah, I am one of those who thought the guy was washed up in terms of winning big trophies. I did think he, he'd, um, his style of play just wasn't what the style of play that the teams who were winning things were doing. But he does seem to have pulled it round so far. And he, um, we've definitely got, like I was saying earlier, we're playing similar ideas against, say, the big clubs. But we're just much better capable of carrying out the plans he wants because of the players that we have that he's brought in and Kane and some being fit so it's looking good he's he's got a good mix last year I thought he needs to find a better middle ground between Alamo style defending 
<laughs> proper counter-attacking. <laughs> and I think he's done that, to be fair. I will say two things, though. We haven't won anything yet. No. <laughs> it's, it's one thing. Yeah. But, uh, you know, and, yeah. But, no, he's he's mm-hmm. he's doing well. Like, you know, I'm really, really pleased. And uh, I, I can see a way that we can win big things playing this way, this season at least. Okay. What Final you, question. Kev? What about you? You haven't said. Well, I mean, you know, when it comes to Mourinho, <laughs> it's quite contentious. Look, um, briefly, I'll, in a few words, um, I didn't agree with appointment, right? That That's not going to change, um, but he's here now, uh, so we just get on with it. Yeah. Um, in terms of how he's how he's done with regards to the rebuild, so he, he, he inherited Pochettino's rebuild that Pochettino started last summer belatedly. Um, for whatever reason, you know, you, you, you can say that it was a failure of him not dipping in the transfer window earlier. You could say it was a failure of the board not backing him uh, any earlier. You know, that, that 12 months, I think, really proved costly when we didn't, those two transfer windows, when we didn't buy anybody. Uh, we didn't shift some of the players or try to shift some of the players who, who, who needed to be moved on. But, you know, that that rebuild started last summer with La Celso and Dombele coming in and... And but that was just about, that was always going to be the beginning of it. There was there was there was, there was a lot that needed to be done, and and he's continued and and, and taken that taken that forward. And yeah, we're we're in a we're in a good position at the moment. That's that's where we are. It's quarter of the season, um, and has, has been played, and we're we're in a good position. So that's that's really it. Nothing nothing more to more more more, more to add. Add, add on that for now. So final question is from Darren Pamenter, another one from him. Great start to a tough run of fixtures. But can we dare to dream? League champions 2020-2021? Difficult to say. Well, the year ends in a one. The year's going to end in a one. So come yeah. on. We've, we've, it's, 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 it's long overdue. I'll be very quick. The, tough, the fixtures are tough. What I would say is even if we lose a couple, we're not out of it. Don't panic. If we win all six, we'll all go, you know, we'll all get really, really excited. But even if we lose a couple, I, I, I'm not worried. I, I agree with you. I think we really are moving in a direction where we can pick up lots of points anyway. I think it's a bit of a fallacy that you have to beat all, all the other top four teams. So I remember, I don't know if it was the last one or... And I think they won one out of four against the um, the top four or five, as mm-hmm. were then that season. I just, I, but I agree with what Jav and, and David have said earlier. We look like we can pick up points. We know what we're doing, and I think that's the difference with la- the end of last season. So, yeah, I'm always dreaming, Darren. Always. <laughs> you, you've got to dream. Got to enjoy this. You know, it'll all go wrong. Anyway, so who cares? You've got to enjoy it while it lasts, mate. Well, quite. I'll do the same as Mourinho. Take one game as it, as it comes. But, yeah, if you don't enjoy yesterday, um, then go and find another sport because it's not doing it for you. It, it's You've got to take the lows to enjoy the highs. Um, we'll have a few lows yet. But, yeah, dream, please, dream. You know, it's, it's possible. Of course it's possible. Mm-hmm. And, it, and it's very much more possible today than it was on the first game of the season. That's for sure. Yeah, I don't want to be rude, David. Were, were you in short trousers when we won the double, and or when we in the early sixties when we were great? Yep, I certainly yeah. was. I was wow. in short trousers. <laughs> I don't mean Not, to be rude. I'm getting no, no, on myself. Right. Most people would question whether I was wearing a short skirt, <laughs> but it's just the short trousers. Trust me. <laughs> um, <laughs> I. Uh, 
You only had to wait 70 years or whatever it's going to be. Oh. I 60 odd years. <laughs> another title. Yeah. <laughs> I think it's perfectly doable. And yes, we, 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 we do dare to dream. Um, I think that yeah, I get absolutely right, Gilly. I think if, if we if we do lose one or two games, which I'm sh- sure we will over the course of the season, there's no point suddenly getting um, despondent about it. And if we draw, for example, next week against Chelsea and other results, and looking at the, the you know who Leicester are playing, for example, next week and Liverpool, um, there is a potential that we, if we, if we did did draw next week, that we might drop to second or third. That's fine. That's absolutely fine. I'll, 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 right now, I take a draw next week. That's a really good result. We shouldn't get carried away. You know, it's great. It's a great feeling to be top at the end of um, or towards the end of November. You could arguably say October because the season started a, in real terms. It would be October because the season started a month month later than it normally does. Um, it's a great feeling. Don't get me wrong, but it it, it means sweet FA. Um, it's nine games into a season, so um, let's not get carried away with that. Let's not get too despondent if suddenly we drop a few points next week by drawing to Chelsea which is actually a very good result and then dropping a few places there's a lot of football to be played but we are I think we're in a really good position we're the most consistent team in the league so far we're the best team in the league that's what the table's saying and that's what the table might table never lies and that's that's with a quarter of quarter of quarter of the season played. So, um, I, and by the very nature of this season and the way things are, it, it feels very open. Yeah, um, I don't think ninety odd points like the last no, two seasons. No, no, like, and if need it, to have to win every game, you know. Yeah, and and I think that if it had been one of those seasons, I don't think we would get that. We would get within a whisker of either a Liverpool or a Man City, for example. But if it's going to be a more return to normal. Than I uh, more open season than I think that we can, and will. Um, yeah, I think we'll. I think we'll win the league. That's it. Just said it. There you go. Yeah. Right. The next podcast we're recording a week today, um, the same day that we play uh, Chelsea. Um, given we're going to record it shortly after the match, uh, maybe about an hour, an hour and a half after the game, so it'll be late on a Sunday evening, and given the nature of that, it probably means that if you do have questions, if you've got any general questions that you want to get to us, um, get those um, to us, be there before or as soon as you can after after, after the kickoff, because um, it will it, it will be one of those pods where, yeah, it's going to be, it, it, it's going to be um, so soon after the... After the game, that it'll be um, it'll it'll be a little bit of a tight finish in terms of questions, but yeah, um, that'll be the next podcast. Until then, thank you, David. Yep, thank you very much, Jeff. Thank you, Gilly. Thank you. Um, until next time, um, this has been the Tottenham Family Podcast. Dreams we've ever seen Pull on that lily white and 
run on to that green. Oh, we've seen them come, we've seen them go, the names up on our shirt. Gods have failed as men are hailed and faces in the dirt. Now gather round and sing it out and we'll talk out all the hurt.